was meant to kill me, sin to destroy me, and I thought that it would, and I thought that it should, cause I messed up so many times, I went left when you said right, I'll understand if you wanna let me go, let me go, let me go, but you held on to me, and you wouldn't let me go. Like this show, like this show. 
did around for my good. Oh, what was meant to kill me? It only made me better. Hello, this is Pastor Mark Miller. I'm Prophetess Autumn Miller's husband, and I just wanted to take a short minute here and ask if there's anybody out there that does not know Jesus Christ and would like to get to know him and have a personal relationship, I would just ask you if you would, wherever you're at right now, just repeat this prayer after me. Dear Lord Jesus, I realize that I am a sinner. And have broken your laws. I understand that my sin has separated me from you. I am sorry and I ask you to forgive me. I accept the fact that your son Jesus Christ died for me and was resurrected and is alive today. And here's my prayers. I now know my heart's open door and I invite Jesus in to become my Lord and Savior. I give him control and I ask that he would rule and reign in my heart so that his perfect will would be accomplished in my life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Congratulations. If you prayed this prayer in all sincerity, you are now a child of God. That's right. You roll with God in the kingdom. However, there's still a few more steps that you need to do to follow up your commitment. That would be get baptized in full immersion in water as commanded by Christ. Tell someone else about your new faith in Christ. Spend time with God each and every day. Prayer and in the reading of the Bible, his word. Amen. You all have a blessed day.
y'all to get that in your spirit what the enemy is meant for evil god's going to turn it around for our good i am um glad to be here with you guys tonight and i hope you guys are excited about being here learning as usual and tonight we're going to be talking about i'm revisiting this again the crisper the gene editing and i'm just going to play some information for you um please comment below and also if we get any trolls to come in just ignore them don't talk back to people that are, don't have any common sense or just come here to start trouble this is a uh, podcast that's open internationally so anybody can come on from around the world so i just ask that you guys to ignore them okay if we get any trouble hopefully we don't have any trouble we ask the lord to cover this in the blood and you guys get this information to be watchmen on the wall and to know how to pray and what's to come a few years ago with my colleague emmanuel charpentier i invented a new technology for editing genomes it's called CRISPR-Cas9. The CRISPR technology allows scientists to make changes to the DNA in cells that could allow us to cure genetic disease. You might be interested to know that the CRISPR technology came about through a basic research project that was aimed at discovering how bacteria fight viral infections. Bacteria have to deal with viruses in their environment, and we can think about a viral infection like a ticking time bomb. A bacterium has only a few minutes 
to diffuse the bomb before it gets destroyed. So many bacteria have in their cells an adaptive immune system called CRISPR that allows them to detect viral DNA and destroy it. Part of the CRISPR system is a protein called Cas9 that's able to seek out and cut and eventually degrade uh, viral DNA in a specific way. And it was through our research to understand the activity of this protein Cas9 that we realized that we could harness its function as a genetic engineering technology, a way for scientists to delete or insert specific bits of DNA into cells with incredible precision that would offer opportunities to do things that really haven't been possible in the past. The CRISPR technology has already been used to change the DNA in the cells of mice and monkeys, other organisms as well. Chinese scientists showed recently that they could even use the CRISPR technology to change genes in human embryos. And scientists in Philadelphia showed they could use CRISPR to remove the DNA of an, an integrated HIV virus from infected human cells. The opportunity to do this kind of genome editing also raises various ethical issues that we have to consider because this technology can be employed not only in adult cells, but also in the embryos of organisms, including our own uh, species. And so together with my colleagues, I've called for a global conversation about the technology that I co-invented so that we can consider all of the ethical and societal implications of a technology like this. What I want to do now is I want to tell you uh, what the CRISPR technology is, what it can do, where we are today, and why I think we need to take a prudent path forward in the way that we employ this technology. When viruses infect a cell, they inject their DNA. And in a bacterium, the CRISPR system allows that DNA to be plucked out of the virus and inserted in little bits into the chromosome, the DNA, of the bacterium. And these integrated bits of viral DNA get inserted at a site called CRISPR. CRISPR stands for Clustered Regularly Interspaced Short Palindromic Repeats. A big mouthful. You can see why we use the acronym CRISPR. It's a mechanism that allows cells to record over time the viruses that they have been exposed to. And importantly, those bits of DNA are passed on to the cell's progeny. So cells are protected from viruses not only in one generation, but over many generations of cells. This allows the cells to keep a record of infection. And as my colleague Blake Wiedenheft likes to say, the CRISPR locus is effectively a genetic vaccination card in cells. Once those bits of DNA have been inserted into the bacterial chromosome, the cell then makes a little copy of a molecule called RNA, which is orange in this picture, that is an exact replicate of the viral DNA. RNA is a chemical cousin of DNA, and it allows interaction with DNA molecules that have a matching sequence. So those little bits of RNA from the CRISPR locus associate, they bind to protein called Cas9, which is white in the picture, and form a complex that functions like a sentinel in the cell. It searches through all of the DNA in the cell to find sites that match the sequences in the bound RNAs. And when those sites are found, as you can see here, the blue molecule is DNA, 
this complex associates with that DNA and allows the Cas9 cleaver to cut up the viral DNA. Makes a very precise uh, break. So we can think of the Cas9 RNA sentinel complex like a pair of scissors that can cut DNA. It makes a double-stranded break in the DNA helix. And importantly, this complex is programmable. So it can be programmed to recognize particular DNA sequences and make a break in the DNA at that site. As I'm going to tell you now, we recognized that that activity could be harnessed for genome engineering to allow cells to make a very precise change to the DNA at the site where this break was introduced. That's sort of analogous to the way we use a word processing program to fix a typo in a document. The reason we envisioned using the CRISPR system for genome engineering is because cells have the ability to detect broken DNA and repair it. So when a plant or animal cell detects a double-stranded break in its DNA, it can fix that break either by pasting together the ends of the broken DNA with a little tiny change in the sequence at that position, or it can repair the break by integrating a new piece of DNA at the site of the cut. So if we have a way to introduce double-stranded breaks into DNA at precise places, we can trigger cells to repair those breaks by either the disruption or incorporation of new genetic information. So if we were able to program the CRISPR technology to make a break in DNA at the position at or near a mutation causing cystic fibrosis, for example, we could trigger cells to repair that mutation. Genome engineering is actually not new. It's been in development since the 1970s. We've had technologies for sequencing DNA, for copying DNA, and even for manipulating uh, DNA. And these technologies were very uh, promising, but the problem was that they were either inefficient or they were difficult enough to use that most scientists had not adopted them for use in their own laboratories or certainly for, any, for uh, many clinical uh, applications. So the opportunity to take a technology like uh, CRISPR and utilize it has appeal because of its uh, relative simplicity. We can think of older uh, genome engineering technologies as, uh, similar to having to rewire your computer each time you want to run a new piece of software whereas the CRISPR technology is like software for the genome. We can program it easily using these little bits of RNA. So once a double-stranded break is made in DNA, we can induce repair and thereby potentially achieve astounding things, like being able to correct mutations that cause sickle cell anemia or cause Huntington's disease. I actually think that the first applications of the CRISPR technology are going to happen in the blood, where it's relatively easier to deliver this tool into cells compared to solid tissues. Right now, a lot of the work that's going on applies to animal models of human disease, such as mice. The technology is being used to make very precise changes that allow us to, to study the way that these uh, changes in the cell's DNA affect either a tissue or, in this case, an entire organism. Now, in this example, the CRISPR technology was used to disrupt a gene by making a tiny change in the DNA 
in a gene that is responsible for the black coat color of these mice. Imagine that these white mice differ from their pigmented littermates by just a tiny change at one gene in the entire genome. And they're otherwise completely normal. And when we sequence the DNA from these animals, we find that the change in the DNA has occurred at exactly the place where we induced it using the CRISPR technology. Additional experiments are going on in other animals that are useful for uh, creating uh, models for human disease, uh, such as monkeys. And here we find that we can use these systems to test the application of this technology in particular tissues, for example, figuring out how to deliver the CRISPR tool into cells. We also want to understand better how to control the way that DNA is repaired after it's cut and also to figure out how to uh, control and limit any kind of off-target or unintended uh, effects of using the technology. I think that we will see a clinical application of this technology, certainly in adults, within the next 10 years. I think that it's likely that we will see uh, clinical trials and possibly even approved therapies within that time which is a very exciting uh, thing to think about. And because of the excitement around this technology, there's a lot of interest in uh, startup companies that have been uh, founded to commercialize the CRISPR technology and lots of venture capitalists that have been investing in these companies. But we have to also consider that the CRISPR technology can be used for things like enhancement. Imagine that we could try to engineer humans that have enhanced properties such as stronger bones or less susceptibility to cardiovascular disease um, or even to have properties that we would consider maybe to be desirable like a different eye color or uh, to be taller, things like that. Um, uh, designer humans, if you will. Um, right now, the genetic information to understand what types of genes would give rise to these traits are mostly not known, but it's important to know that the CRISPR technology gives us a tool to make such changes once that knowledge becomes available. This raises a number of ethical questions that we have to, to carefully consider, and um, this is why I and my colleagues have called for a global pause in any clinical application of the CRISPR technology in human embryos to give us time to really consider all of the, the various implications of, of doing so. And actually, there's an important precedent for such a pause from the 1970s when scientists got together to call for a moratorium on the use of molecular cloning until the safety of that technology could be uh, tested carefully and, and uh, validated. So genome-engineered humans are not with us yet, but this is no longer science fiction. Genome-engineered animals and plants are happening right now. And this puts in front of all of us a huge responsibility to consider carefully both the unintended consequences as well as the intended impacts of a scientific breakthrough. Thank you. So <laughs> she said animals are ha is happening to animals right now, but not humans. But allegedly, there were supposed to be genetically engineering of two little girls in China but she's denying the claim, so we'll see what happens. We know that they're doing humans, too. I don't care what they say.
to the irresponsible mistakes that can occur. Today, we look at the truth about CRISPR and gene editing. Number 9, CRISPR Unraveled. Associated recently with the concept of gene editing, the term CRISPR actually stands for Clustered Regularly Interspaced Short Palindromic Repeats. What this refers to specifically are the DNA sequences found in bacteria that act as an immune system. This DNA holds on to the bits of invading viruses that bacteria has already eradicated. The Cas9 enzymes produced by the bacteria to fight viruses will use these stored bits to identify past infiltrators and dispose of them quickly. For years, this information was simply a scientific discovery useful to microbiologists. But what researchers found later quickly changed that forever. Number 8. Revolutionary Advancement In 2011, two researchers were enamored by the CRISPR process and the Cas9 enzymes and began examining them in detail. The University of California, Berkeley's Jennifer Doudna and Umea University's Emmanuel Charpentier wanted to know how exactly the Cas9 enzymes chose what viruses to chop up and store and when to do so. In their experiments, they found they could actually fool the bacteria's CRISPR and Cas9 enzymes and give it artificial RNA. From here, the Cas9 proteins would store that information upon shredding the RNA and use the stored data to attack anything with the same genetic code. So a year later, the team of scientists released a paper detailing their work and the conclusion that they could, in a way, cut up any genome anywhere they want. The discovery was mind-blowing to the genetic research community. It wasn't long until inspired scientists like Feng Zhang of the Board Institute and George Church of Harvard would discover new uses for this discovery, like the editing of human cells. Not only would they be able to remove harmful genes with the Cas9 protein, but replace them with beneficial ones as well. And it does so at a low cost and incredible precision, advancing gene editing in multiple ways. Number seven beneficial uses. The discovery of what CRISPR can control and do has sent minds racing, and some of the potential advancements that could come from using their enzymes are world-changing. For example, scientists have had a map of the human genome since 2003, but understanding and identifying what each gene does continues to elude geneticists. But CRISPR will allow scientists to figure out what each gene does by systematically removing them and noting the resulting effect. That's only the beginning, though. Using CRISPR, scientists could complete such feats as creating more nutritious and even tastier crops. Farmers could herd hornless dairy cows. Peanuts could be harvested sans allergens. Even fruits themselves could have their immunity strengthened to survive fungal diseases or other afflictions. CRISPR could also be used to take out genetic diseases and even be used to remove HIV infections. It could also be used to exterminate bacteria more effectively as they build stronger and stronger resistance to antibiotics. Animals that carry potentially dangerous diseases Diseases, or they themselves prove to be too lethal, could be altered for the better with CRISPR. And then there's babies. While they can have their DNA edited by CRISPR to be resistant to diseases and viruses, the other side of this coin holds implications far more sinister. Number six, ethical dilemmas. While the benefits of being able to eradicate genes that might cause harm to a baby later in life sound grand, there are negative implications that come with the power to edit your newborn's DNA. Scientists are far off from being able to recognize and alter genes that would, for instance, reliably raise your child's intelligence. They have yet to identify even the most dire of threats to children in terms of their gene pool, let alone enhance specific characteristics. As far as the science community at large is concerned, there is not enough known about using CRISPR on the human genome to guarantee a safe result or even a beneficial one. But this doesn't mean attempts can't be made. 
CRISPR technology is relatively inexpensive, and because of that, experiments can be conducted fairly easily, no matter how rebellious to scientific wisdom they may be. In the past, genetically modified organisms, or GMOs, have raised public suspicion due to a lack of transparency, thus creating public distrust. The geneticists behind the advancement of CRISPR have hoped to avoid the same issue. But irresponsible procedures like those performed by one Chinese researcher in particular put those hopes in jeopardy. Number five, unnecessary experiment. In November of 2018, the global scientific community was rattled with the news that Hu Junhui, a scientific genetic researcher from China, had performed the first CRISPR edit on babies, a pair of twin girls named Nana and Lulu. He described his experiment in person at the second international summit on human genome editing held at the University of Hong Kong, and immediately drew the ire of fellow scientists, including the CRISPR trailblazer Jennifer Doudna. In her response, Doudna said, "I feel deeply disappointed that the technology was used in the way that he described, as well as a bit horrified, honestly." Firstly, the aim of his experiment was misguided. He and his team intended to remove a gene used by HIV viruses to enter human cells once the HIV virus was contracted. The only problem was that while their father may have been HIV positive, the twins didn't have the virus. And even if they did, there were already safer proven treatments that could have done the same thing. To make matters worse, he allegedly didn't edit the genes correctly or even completely. Instead, new mutations seem to have appeared in their genetic code. Even the details of his experiment, which were only revealed to a select few at the Hong Kong summit, were said to have been amateurish by other scientists. Number four, unintended consequences. While he may have had good intentions, the results of whose work are far from successful. Two of the three mutations introduced to Nina and Lula changed their CCR5 gene. The one targeted in association with HIV significantly. The results of such mutations could alter how they work, and the outcome of their mutation is something that will need to be studied. Normally, this kind of experiment should have been performed on lab animals before moving on to human subjects. At which point, consenting adults afflicted with HIV could sign up for the experimental procedure. But who catapulted over these logical steps, instead implanting the CRISPR-edited genes into the embryos of a woman? This wasn't the only ethically questionable part of Hu's experiment, though. In order to find a patient for this project, Hu utilized an AIDS association to find potential subjects under the guise of an AIDS vaccine development project. The scientist claims to have gotten the consent of the individuals in question. However, taking consent was a skill that Hu was unqualified to perform. Thus, calling the validity of their consent into question. The consent form used for his patients is even problematic, as the wording is overly technical and unclear of any dangers or controversies surrounding the project. Instead, it focuses more on securing the protection of Hu and his team from any legal blowback, as well as the right to use photos of the patients for advertising purposes. Number three, saving face. As if predicting the backlash he'd receive for such a project, Hu took certain steps prior to conceal his work. His own school, the Southern University of Science and Technology, were never informed of his ambitions, and in order to keep his work unassociated with the college, he took unpaid time off to begin his pursuit. The renegade researcher does claim, however, to have received ethical approval from Shenzhen Harmonicare Hospital. The hospital's medical ethics committee, however, disputes this statement, going on to clarify that the signatures on whose supposed approval form are suspect to have been forged. In hopes of combating the condemnation received by contemporaries, who organized a PR campaign to clear his name? Who crafted a series of five videos for YouTube? In which the scientist elaborates on his motivations and logic behind the experiment, essentially trying to give the public his side of things. The videos themselves have gained some traction, with one of the videos specifically, the clip made concerning the twins Lulu and Nina, achieving more than 400,000 views online. Though a mixed reception in the comments section reveals Hu Junhui still has many more minds to sway. 
Number two, on the take. The news of Hu Zhongkui's experiment shocked most everyone in the science community, though there were some with knowledge of the rogue scientist's intent before his unveiling to the world. Hu had made his field of study known through various scientific conferences where he had shared gene editing research in other animals, but secretly he would share his true endeavors with only a select few scientists. This included his former advisor, Rice University's Michael Dean, who participated actively with the gene editing product, going so far as to have been present during patient consenting. That would be the extent of support that he could garner, though, as most other scientists and researchers weren't nearly as encouraging. When attempting to seek advice from experts like Matthew Porteous and Stephen Quake of Stanford and Mark DeWitt of UC Berkeley, the response was unanimously disapproving. Chided for his naivete in regards to the ethical implications, he was told by all three not to go through with the project. To counteract such blatant acts of ethical defiance in the science community, David Baltimore, chair of the Hong Kong Summit on Genome Editing, has called for a see-something-say-something policy among scientists. While no single international group oversees the ethical use of gene editing, countries do have their own means to regulate the procedures, like China's medical ethics agency. Number one, scientific aftermath. Since news of whose experiments hit the public, various scientists, including Fang Zhang of the Board Institute, have called for similar experiments to be temporarily prohibited. Originally, the Hong Kong summit released a statement with a fairly lax connotation, but a second statement came out following the summit's conclusion, calling Hu Zhongkui's supposed experiments irresponsible and the results deeply disturbing. However, the summit and similarly-minded scientists still believe genome editing is the future, with the summit going on to say, the organizing committee concludes that the scientific understanding and technical requirements for clinical practice remain too uncertain and the risks too great to permit clinical trials of germline editing at this time. Progress over the last three years and the discussions at the current summit, however, suggest that it is time to define a rigorous, responsible translational pathway towards such we got a commercial. One Are second. You embarrassed by your ugly bathtub and shower? Miracle Method One can them to look and feel like me. Gotta do the commercial. Blah, 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 blah. <clears throat> okay, so that was really the end of that. But you can see how, see how that went wrong. Uh, it could mean some good, but it went wrong real quick. And also, I just, for me, like, I could see in the spirit, I mean, the Antichrist can get a hold of this and all kind of stuff can happen. We talked about this. If you was looking at the transhumanism, I'm revisiting this because there was another prophet that sent me another prophet um, having um, teachings on the transhumanism. But we already went over that. I don't know if you guys remember or not, but we already went over that. But I'm just revisiting this again because, once again, it ties back into China and it's evil self i'm sorry but you know i've been hot on china's trail china's on god's radar that's my theme for this year and another again there's another chinese scientist took it and <laughs> made a whole human <laughs> i mean we just be doing too much you know what i'm saying i think like that's why i played the two songs at the very beginning of this podcast with enemy meant for evil god's going to turn around for good because they could just take this thing and do all kind of stuff with it with our food that's why we say non-gmo you heard what he said they could do so much and i don't i mean jennifer may you know meant for it to be a good thing but mm -hmm, money talks you know what i'm saying like i just you just can't trust man basically i'm not saying that she's a bad person or anything like that i'll just be like side-eyeing her looking because you could just there's so much you could do to that once you figure it out 
you know, like we were talking about designer babies. You know, you could say, well, I want this baby. I, I want a boy and I want him to have green eyes. I don't want him to have any diseases. Blase, blah. And people got the right money for that. It can happen. And here you done got you a boy with green eyes, no diseases, long curly hair, a designer baby. I couldn't even look at that thing. You know what I'm saying? Like if you gene editing, I had to do gene editing with a human and you're sitting there looking at that thing. That is spooky. Really think about it. Like it's really spooky. Like somebody can go off and just clone another you and everything else. But this stuff is happening and I believe it's going to be happening for an evil agenda. And look how it already is turning to that point. This is just a little bit that we know that the Lord put on my heart just to allow you to, hey, it's out there. We need to pray on it, um, intercede on it, and, uh, you know, just pay attention to these things. If you guys have any questions, you can call in on line one. Um, line two will be open. Um, we will be coming back um, later on this week. i got a busy week, but we'll be coming back and doing prayer for family. So if you need if anybody needs prayer they need to listen to this prayer i'm going to play it it's probably about an hour long or so um have all your family friends just tune in they can continue to clean their house eat dinner while they listen or whatever they ain't got to stay here the whole time just put it on where you can hear it and move around the house and i appreciate all those that are tuning in tonight um so i hope you enjoyed this a little bit about the crisper go tell and share please share um hey Hayward please share this um podcast and we're about to get off here but uh thank you for stopping by I really appreciate you guys stopping by and um you know I just these are the things of how God deals with me with international uh events and watchmen on the wall warfare things like that so if you guys have any questions um let me know um if you um want to be a special guest let me know i appreciate that too but you can call in if you want to hit line one or two if you want to do that if not i got a little just a little clip and we're going to end up out of here but please share and please like every episode that you come on that this helps the podcast move up Let me see if I can start it over. I wanted y'all to know. Here it is. But, uh, hold on a sec.
on top. Let's try it again. Hold on. Oh my goodness. Let's try it again. I need a team, girl. y'all to hear that finally i put my love on top jesus you're the one that i love jesus you're the one that i need so y'all get it though come on lord it's you one that i love jesus you're the one that i need we'll see finally i put my love on top yeah but i hope you guys enjoyed yourself i'll stop by next time we will have uh we will have the prayer going on and um i will be pretty busy but we'll get through it okay guys we will get through this hold on a sec Can you hear that?
just want to tell y'all, just want to give y'all that little bit. But that is my song. I, I'm, I'm trying to get a better system going tonight. I used another system, but I'm probably going to put this one back on the shelf and go back to what I originally had. But anyways, I love y'all. So our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. That it is on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive our debts and we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thy is the kingdom, the power, the glory forever and ever and ever. Amen. I love y'all. Stay blessed. See you next time. Bring a friend.